welcome to the Momgasm podcast. Blending motherhood, self-connection, sensuality, and pleasure. Normalizing what it means to be a mother and a sexual being. In this week's episode of the Momgasm podcast, Lindsay is sharing part one of her birth story. Have you ever heard about free birth and do you know what it means? Lindsay and I talk about why she chose to free birth, the difficulties she encountered as a high-risk pregnant woman, and how the medical system needs to empower mothers in their decisions about birth. And stay tuned for next week where we share part two of her story. especially as a mom now where my time is so sacred mm-hmm. and I don't always have an abundance mm-hmm. of time that when shit doesn't pan out, it's really that much more frustrating. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that's not what we're here to talk about, but I just need to like vent my moment of fuckery. Cause mm-hmm. normally, I mean, normally we start the episode with like, what's going on with you? Well, right now, <laughs> right now. Yeah. <laughs> Seething rage. Yeah. Yeah. But we've got kombucha, right? I just ate a delicious cinnamon bun, right? It's almost your daughter's birthday. Oh, she'll be fuck. a year old on Monday, July eighth. Jesus, it is July fourth today. It's four days. Four days away from your baby being one. So, oh, I'm gonna start crying. I know. Already. So I'm oh, gonna keep man. talking, and you go through your moment. I thought this would be the perfect time to relive an incredible story, and that is Lindsay's free birth story. So technically, see, here's the caveat, interestingness. So some people would not consider my birth a free birth. They would consider it a traditional home birth in the sense that I, so again, semantics here. Absolutely. Semantics. But there is the belief that, like, a free birth is if you are alone. Like, alone, alone. Not even a partner? Like, yes, a partner. Like, it can be just your family. Um, but you're literally But you don't have any support. attending body. Right. So you don't have any attending body or any um, authority figure. Which I don't... This is why I choose the word or I resonate with the word free birth for my for my birth because mm. I although I did have um, someone attending my birth as a doula, mm. it we had a had um, some amazing conversations about how my biggest intention with this birth was I wanted to be like the authority figure at my birth. Mm. I wanted to have um, the Ability to go inward instead of seeking outwardly Mm -hmm. for um, approval in what I was doing or invalidation in what I was doing in how I was birthing and experiencing it. And that person who I could look to and be like, save me. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to have that. I didn't want to have that option. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that was just a random moment. So, if if, uh, with semantics involved, 
what would your birth then be called if it wasn't a free birth? So it could be called, um, some people would call it an unassisted birth or ah. some people would call it uh, a traditional home birth. Mm-hmm. So where it's, she would then have taken on the role of like traditional birth attendant, right. which is somebody who is often not formally trained in the medical system. So they're not a nurse who then goes on to do midwifery training, mm-hmm. but they're typically um, often trained in like self-study and then also um, apprenticeship and mm-hmm. things like that. Okay. So in this case, it wasn't somebody who was necessarily gone through the whole apprenticeship side of things because it was a friend of mine who was a doula. Right. So I chose her. I wanted her there because in my in my first birth, I really valued touch. And like yeah. touch is something that's really important for me. And I also have this thing where I need when I'm going through somebody, I need at least one person in the space who has experienced something similar to what I've experienced. Like I yeah. need someone to be able to relate to me. Um, it's a really simple idea, but we don't really think about that. Right. right? But I want, I want to yeah. in that space where I can look at them and, and like they know yeah. what I'm experiencing or a, have a wise some woman there. Right. So I, I needed those things. And I also wanted an energetic touchstone. Mm. So someone to help pull me back into my own energy. And so my friend, Allison, who is a fucking wonderful, amazing human, is not only a doula, but she's also total birth junkie, birth nerd, and um, a registered massage therapist. Hmm. So hands. Yeah. And she also... (laughs) did her Reiki master training on the day I gave birth. Wow. So she left her Reiki master training to attend my free birth. That's incredible. Yeah. So I had like literally everything I needed um, at any given moment. And that was like the energetic touchstone and like the hands when I needed the hands and someone who is also a mom um, who has had two amazing births and she was just the right Mm-hmm. the right person and she's also somebody who's like just as giddy to talk about sex and birth as I am so just my cup of tea 100% 100% and also somebody that I'm comfortable shitting in front of so there you go right and so it's which is funny because it's like a lot of people will probably laugh at that yet I I did this yeah uh, I don't know if you remember this but I, I totally did this remember quote it. yeah and it went fucking viral yeah shortly after I had my free birth my unassisted birth or my whatever, I'm choosing to word, use the word free birth for this, um, that said, if you're, if you're not comfortable shitting in front of them, they should not be at your birth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it went viral <laughs> and I did not fucking put my name on it, which is really funny. Um, but it got shared like tens of thousands of times. <laughs> Which is super cool. There's so much truth behind it, it's right? It's so true, though. Yeah, absolutely. Like, the I think one of the biggest things that we miss when it comes to birth, I mean, one of, one of many, is <laughs> it is the most intimate thing you can do outside of having sex. Mm-hmm. It is the most intimate thing. You can do outside of having sex. What it takes to get the baby in is what it takes to get the baby out. And we're not facilitating that environment at all. So before we get into this though, because like this conversation is getting like real juicy, juicy, real fast. I was, I 
love talking about that. I know, and I love that, and that's why I... So before... So Lindsay and I actually took a, a little break from recording last week, and we said to each other, let's write down some a uh, uh, list of ideas of stuff we want to record. And immediately, the one of the first things that came to my head was Lindsay's birth story. And the reason why... It's so important to me, and probably a lot of other people are going to be really interested in this episode, mm. is because free birth, what you did, and what so many other women are now doing, and which I find so, I, I, I admire, and I, I am fascinated by, because I did not have free, I did not have a free birth for either of my children, and I had an epidural, and... Now that Oliver has a vasectomy, I have found myself in this weird phase now of thinking like, if I was, if I, if Oliver Oliver didn't have the vasectomy and I got mm. pregnant again, I would want to have a free birth because mm. watching what you did was the epitome of, to me, it was the epitome of what it is to be a woman in power of her mm. body. Hmm. To be completely in control and to be, not even in control, but to be relinquishing control. Because also you have to relinquish, mm-hmm. but also be like, I'm the one doing this. Uh, yeah. I'm claiming the power. I'm claiming the space. You are all here to assist. Mm. And Or watch. You're or, wit- watch. It's wi- or it's witness. witness. It's, th- this is the thing. Like Nobody delivers your fucking baby. Yeah. Nobody delivers your baby. That question pisses me off more than anything. Wow. Who delivered your baby? No. Uh-uh. I birthed my baby. Doesn't doesn't matter how I birthed my baby. I birthed my baby. She's got chills. But how many times have you heard, mm-hmm. well, who delivered my baby? Or so-and-so delivered my baby? Or the doctor that delivered my baby? Or so blah, 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 blah. Yeah. It's so common but no, fuck no. That don't give your power away. No. Yeah. You birthed your baby. So where did you find this knowledge? Where did you first learn about free birth? Where did you cause because your first birth was in a mm-hmm. hospital. Did you know about free birth I prior? Did. I did, and I wanted I wanted to. Um the reason I didn't with my first is because I have a history of congenital heart defects. Right. So I um, yes, I am the only authority of like what I can do in my body, mm-hmm. but where birth is something that I had never experienced within my body, I was like, oh, let's play on the safer side and mm-hmm. just go in a space that should something happen, yeah, whatever. In hindsight, I wish I hadn't done that. Excuse I had to birth too. I know. <laughs> Kombucha! Excuse me. Because everything in my, every fiber in my being knew that the hospital was not the place I should birth. Also, my entire fucking existence within the system the first time around was the most traumatic experience I could even imagine as a pregnant woman. Like, every single time I walked into an obstetrics obstetrics appointment, I was told what they were going to do to me. Because of this, like, red tape situation that was me having a heart condition. Mm. So they, there was so much fear. I mean, there's so much fucking fear mongering and, um, 
just scaring the shit out of people yeah. in birth anyway. Yeah. But throw in any, any kind of variation of normal or any um, high risk situation like higher gestational age or mm. having a pre-existing condition or whatever the case may be. And it's just fucking rammed down your throat yeah. repeatedly. And so I showed up and my very first, I vividly remember my very first obstetrics appointment where I came in and immediately she looked at my chart. She looked at me. She's like, Oh, so you're this far along. So that means we'll have to do an assisted delivery and blah, blah, blah. And she started to tell me all of the things that they were going to do to me. And I was like, I think I might've been like 13 weeks pregnant. So that in that really like super hormonal stage still where you're like, I don't really know what's happening. And I remember I didn't have the ability to fully form words. And I just started crying. And I was like, all I could get out of my mouth, which is funny now was I'm a yoga teacher. This isn't what I want. That was it. That's all I could get out. I just like what did the doctor say where they're like, okay, she's a yoga teacher, people. We have to give her what she wants. <laughs> no, I no. They probably should have. Uh, they should have just been like, oh, it's your body. Maybe we should yeah. actually ask you what you want or what you're interested in yeah. or what your ideals of so birth would be. So, thirteen weeks, they already decided that you were going to have <sighs> an assisted birth. Which I was like, go fuck yourself. So, what did they mean by assisted birth? So they wanted to medicate me. Um, and like do kind of like a forceps situation where like, we're not going to let you push it all. Cause that will raise your heart rate. And so I was like, go fuck yourself. Uh, except for it came out as, oh, it's not what I want. I'm a yoga teacher. And so finally I like kind of calmed down enough to be like, I, I am more interested in like an unmedicated natural delivery. Like I don't want to have anything. And from that point on the entire process of going in every single time was a fucking negotiation process. And I was consistently having to advocate for my rights and my beliefs. And it was infuriating and exhausting and not fucking something a pregnant woman who's getting ready to birth should ever have to do. Amen. Like, it's fucked. Hi, it's my body. Yeah. Fuck you. Mm -hmm. Listen to what I want. So <laughs> what's really interesting, though, is I'm as much as I wish I had stayed home and not done the whole rigmarole of like going in and doing that shit. I am still grateful for the experience because I don't think I would have as much passion or fire mm -hmm. for advocating for birth and like autonomous choice and autonomous pregnancy yeah. and all of that goodness there you go. yeah. if I hadn't had this experience like it wouldn't it wouldn't have impacted me as much if I hadn't had the two different experiences and it's not to say that my birth with Alexis was like I don't want to say it wasn't traumatic because there's a lot of things in the traditional standpoint or like qualities of what a good birth would be, it was a good birth. Yeah. And I'm using quotations because for me, it was not a great birth, but it wasn't terrible. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like, yeah, it just was. It just was. And yeah. there, but there's moments like there is a specific moment where I was laboring at home really, really well. Mm -hmm. um, I was regressing really well at home. I stayed home as long as I could. Um, like to the point where I was like, Ooh! can't form words anymore I should probably go um and my my I also had a doula then who 
Cave Barseva if you're in the fucking city and you're interested in uh, autonomous birth, free birth, and like traditional birth attending Cave Barseva all the fucking way. Um, fucking wealth of knowledge, that woman. <laughs> so I was lucky to have Kate in, in my circle. So that's kind of where I started to hear about autonomous birth and autonomous pregnancy. And that's ah. kind of what started it. So I, I had her and she, she was there and she was like, I remember when I kind of said to her, I was like, I think maybe we should go. Uh, and her response to me was like, I think that would maybe not be a bad idea. (laughs) I died. So we went, but it's like the second I walked in, everything went and closed up and I was then stuck. Like when we left, I was in transition and I was in transition for another eight hours and progressed like one more centimeter. And I mean, checking checking dilation is a whole other fucking bullshit thing that makes zero fucking sense. Like I know I'm going to birth the baby when literally a baby is coming out of my vagina. Mm -hmm. Why do we need to keep tabs on this? We don't. No. We literally don't. It doesn't make sense. Um, It's literally just in introducing bacteria and like Mm -hmm. traumatizing my vagina that's trying to open which is going to make everything go because that shit hurts oh yeah it does shit hurts why are we doing that to women yep it's just another way that they're like we're trying to control for like anyway fuck 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 so anyway it was pretty it was pretty pretty fine uh stuck in transition for eight hours and finally i got to the point i hadn't slept for like three days and so i I could tell that my body was not going to release in the space. And I was like, I need to sleep. I need something. I'm starting to panic. Like, I don't, Mm. I don't want this. And I felt like I was on a clock, Mm -hmm. right? Felt like I was on a clock. And I, it was such a shitty place to be in because I remember I had fought so hard and done so much advocating for myself to like manage my way into at least somewhat of an idea of what I wanted for my birth Mm -hmm. at the hospital that I felt like in asking for the epidural, I was like failing and Mm -hmm. and backsliding, which I wasn't. Mm -hmm. It was 100% what I needed because that is not a space that I'm meant to birth in Mm -hmm. at all. There you go. And so what was interesting is like the moment I got the epidural, I passed out for 15 minutes. I woke up and I was like, it was like zero to 10. We're ready to go. Um... So it was definitely, it just like, it confirmed everything for me about the hospital is not the place for me to birth at all, at all. I don't know if it is for you. I mean, there's a big part of me that firmly believes it's not really the ideal place for anybody to birth. But again, there's so much dismantling that has to be done in order for you to feel secure and safe to birth in a place outside of the hospital because of what we're taught and conditioned. So, I mean, if you can't do it with confidence, then great. Maybe the hospital is for you. Definitely it's not for me. Definitely not for me. So, fast forward to when you found out you were pregnant with Fallon. When did you decide? Oh, before. Really? Oh, well before. After walking out, um, once I had experienced birth and was like, oh, my heart had zero issues... I was like, never coming back here again. (laughs) Okay, well, wait. I have a better question. Something I've never asked you before. How, so you found out you're pregnant with Fallon. Mm -hmm. How then did you plan the free birth? What went into that? 
Mm. You had 10 months to plan it. How did that start? And what did, what went into that? Cause I, 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 I can't even imagine. Cause so you, you, you put so much thought into it. I mean, you just saying energetic mm-hmm. touch, touchstone. That's incredible to me to think of that. Like that, that uh, that's powerful. So I like to credit my decade of self-love work to my free birth. Like that's really, it's just knowing yourself. And that's the best thing that you can do to prepare for your birth mm. um, is knowing yourself intimately and like the things that you need when you're in a state of crisis or when you're feeling scared or when like knowing, okay, well, if I'm in a room and I'm going through something that I've never experienced or things get a little bit scary or I experience something that I've never felt before in my body and I, I have that moment of fear because I firmly believe at any birth, it doesn't matter how prepared you are, you will always have that moment, that moment where you're like, I'm going to die. I might die. Even if it's like a fleeting second. Yeah. We all have that like, whoa, what's happening? Like, what is this? <laughs> There's that point, And it's like, who do I need in the room? Yeah. Or do I need somebody in the room mm-hmm. when that moment happens? And if it's not a person, what thing is it for me? What environment is it for me? What, what photo do I need to see? What words do I need on the wall? Like, what in that moment of holy fucking shit I'm being ripped in half Mm. do I need so it's I need to be able to know myself intimately enough yeah to put my finger on exactly what that is yeah or the number of things that that is for me because for Mm -hmm. some of us it is multiple things so it was it was a lot of self-love work like that that's Mm. the biggest preparation as far as like logistics um hearing birth stories, being in spaces where birth stories, autonomous Uh. birth stories are being shared to have that like validation of like, yes, yes, this is happening. This is coming. This is amazing. I can do this. You're doing this. We're reclaiming this fucking rah, rah goodness. Um, and then navigating my fears or like the internalized fears of what might happen yeah that seems like that would be one of the hardest things to do um yes and no so free birth society is a really great resource so i i'm very blessed and lucky where i have an amazing resource of women here locally um like mata panachi and kate barseva um allison capstick is another one she was my doula where I can tap into this amazing group of women who have birthed before me autonomously. And mm-hmm. Women's Summit was also another place where there was like an endless amount of women in that space that had also done it. There was Birth Talk, which is something that Kate Barseva had done, which was like women just getting together and sharing powerful birth stories. Mm-hmm. So I had submerged myself in this space for a long time. And I lost my train of thought. Because the dog is pissing me off. I, and I was just thinking about Batman. <laughs> the cat. <laughs> no context there. People are going to be like, why are you oh, thinking about Oh, right. Batman? Navigating fears. Right, So yes. Free Birth Society, however, is like an online platform. So at the time, Free Birth Society was being run primarily on Facebook. It was a free mm. kind of resource and community group. Um, similar to kind of what we're doing uh, with the Momgasm Den, but more very specific and tailored to yeah. free birthing. Right. And that was an amazing wealth of knowledge for me because it was like Google without all the scary shit. Mm. So it was like anecdotal Google in the sense that I could like write down what happens if, like if I'm, if I'm kind of wandering around and and most of the fears were actually from Jeff. Like it was, I wasn't really worried about Uh. it, 
but Jeff would bring up a, a thing like, well, what happens if this happens? And I'm like, I don't really know. I feel like I'd be able to figure it out at the time. But however, if you really need an answer to feel solid in this, I'm going to go get you an answer. And then I would go, I would look in the Freebird Society group and I wow. would find like four or five different scenarios where this had happened or where there's a resource shared and help him re-educate and understand that like it's just a variation of normal and there's a very 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 small window of things that are actual true emergencies Mm -hmm. so this is this is where it's like oh but my baby was saved by so and so because of this and this and this and i had to get a c-section because of this and this and this there is like my my i subscribe to a belief system that more times than not, it would be a completely different outcome if we were in our own spaces and in that safe, protective den and allowed to birth the way that we're physiologically intended to birth. I feel that. So that's where it's, it's, it's like, it, yes, yes, yay for medical like advancements and like the ability for us to have a C-section in that like 2% where it actually is necessary, Absolutely. but it's happening like... 80% of the time yep. or like 67. I think it's in Canada. It's like 60 something percent. It's alarming. It's really, it's really high. It's really high. And, and I'm like, well, how low could we get that number if we actually went back to physiological natural birth? Right. Like what would, what would change if we're actually empowering our women mm-hmm. um, and dismantling the fear mm-hmm. and really only using the medical system if we absolutely need it. And I'm not saying that we don't need it. Yes, there is that 2% that you will need it. Mm-hmm. And it can save you and it can save your baby. Um, but it's so few and far between. Yeah, It's so few and far between. Mm-hmm. And how many sticky situations are we creating from being in an environment that is not conducive to birth? Yeah. Right? Fuck. So I would go and I would look and I would find the stories and then I would have a conversation with Jeff and then um, I would also do like some Googling to see if I could find some other resources so I could kind of pull from like the medical side of things and then also the anecdotal side of things from like here's another story and this is what these three women did when this came up and that was how I navigated it. So they've moved off of Facebook and they now have a private um, community. I'm not currently a part of it because I'm not planning to birth anytime soon. But I would 100%, 100% subscribe to what they're doing if I was planning on birthing again or if um, I was in birth work right now actively, Mm -hmm. right? It's just they have so much knowledge and information available in what they're doing and even in just the stories that they're doing. And I don't – and this is the other thing. Like I don't necessarily – I think there's also a line between um, raw, raw free birth and like acknowledging the power of sisterhood in birth. Yeah. Like there is, I have no desire to go birth alone. Mm. Like I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we're meant to. Like I, I really yeah. don't think we're meant to. I think we're meant to be with our grandmothers and our sisters and our mothers in a tent in like a dark, warm, cozy space. And that's where I think we, where we feel safe, where we feel guarded by our women. Um, that's where I think we're intended to birth in our safe spaces with our chosen safe women. Uh, as far as like going and birthing completely on your own or feeling like that, that is some gold standard 
no, I don't prescribe mm. to that notion. So, I mean, I guess, I guess in that vein, I'm not really a free birther or I'm not somebody who advocates for free birth, but I do advocate for birthing freely in your power. Mm-hmm. Um, and choosing your team and choosing your environment and choosing what's right for, so for you. did you have a plan B? Were you like, no, I don't want to do that because by doing that, I am taking away the power myself. Yes. There you go. Um, but you medically, you know your history where you're like, do I need this logically? Like, do I need to have this? There was literally no plan B because there's an obvious out that's available to me at any time. Right I just go to the hospital. Yeah, exactly. It's like, it's really yeah. at any fucking point. At any point. At any point, I can pick up the phone and they can come get my ass. Yeah. Or I can get in the car. Yeah. At any point. So you just knew that. So you just went full uh, on right? into the, you, it's almost like a 10 months of meditative practice. hundred percent. Yes. 100% yes. It was visualization. Like I was visualizing the feeling of her coming out of my body. I was wow. visualizing what the room looked like, what it smelled like, what, like who I wanted in that space like what their faces were going to be like. Like oh. I was, and I was talking about it, but only with a select number of people. So this was the mm. thing. My free birth was hush hush. Mm. No, there was maybe a group of 10 people that knew what my plans were because I didn't want other people's fears being projected on me. Yeah. I was like, I don't have any, I'm not fucking worried about anything. So I'm not going to manage your fears, which is just going to get into my head and fuck up my jive right. that I've got going on right now. That's not going to help me. Yeah fuck, you can bet your ass I'm going to share about it afterwards and then we can unpack your fears. Yeah, I remember, I, th- I think you told me like a month or like... I think it was less. I think it was like I, It was very close. Right? And I was like, holy shit, that's cool, I'll tell her. That's amazing. <laughs> and you're like, like really I know, right? Thing. Yeah. <laughs> and you were like, I haven't told anybody or I have, like, haven't told many people. I think you said my family doesn't know. Nope, family had no clue. His like, family didn't know. My family didn't know. Um, yeah, I was so excited. The only you. people that knew were like the people who went, who were like in my intimate circle that were like birth radical Ooh. awesome people. Um, those that were in the free birth society that occasionally saw me post, but I rarely did. I was like the biggest creeper. Mm. I was the biggest creeper ever. I just fucking creeped that form up and down. And then occasionally, like anytime somebody would have a free birth, I would like watch the video and be like, oh my God, this oh. is amazing. <laughs> But as far as, like, actually engaging and, like, I'm planning this and I want to know this. Nah, fuck, I didn't say shit. So I just kept it, I kept it to myself and I, I literally only told the people that needed to know. Because I just didn't, I didn't, I didn't want their shit. Yeah, yeah. I didn't want their shit. And what's really funny is, like, I played along. I was really worried, um, about CPS coming to take my children away because I was free birthing. Oh, Child Protective Services. Mm-hmm. I had this, like... Really? Would that, you think that would happen? Well, I was worried that there was going to be, like, this thing. I was like, are they going to get me for, like, child neglect or something? I don't know. But because of my heart condition history, oh. if I hadn't gone through the medical system oh. or whatever. So I showed up to my OB appointments. I put on the face. And I was like, yeah, cool. I'm going to come in. It's great. It's great. You can do whatever you want. It's great. Uh, still said no to, like, most of the ultrasounds. Um, I only did the one at 20 weeks because of my heart condition. So I wanted to rule out, mm-hmm. I mean, again, fuck ultrasound technology is, that's a whole other podcast. That <laughs> actually, I believe Yolande, Yolande Clark did a really good 
um, dismantling of ultrasound technology on Free Birth Society's podcast. Because okay. um, it's super not accurate. It's just super not accurate. But for me, I wanted them to check the heart to make sure that there was nothing glaringly obvious going right. on. Because okay. uh, that was my only concern. That yeah. was my only concern where I was like, yeah, I do have... A higher chance of my children having a congenital heart defect because I have one. It's a genetic thing. So Alexis has a small hole in her heart. It hasn't bothered her ever. Um, but Fallon, all clear. All clear. All all good and gravy. So as soon as I had that, I was like, fuck all y'all! I'm out! <laughs> I still showed up, but I was just kind of like showing up and like snickering. Um, being like, yeah, okay, 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 Linda, I'll do what you say. But when no. it got closer to the day, like were you going towards like the very end? Oh, fuck, man, yeah. They were talking about like inducing me and I was like, never gonna happen! Were you actually saying that? Uh, yeah, and we, we had had... Um, I didn't say never going to happen because I was like, I don't want to start an uproar. But I'm right. like, okay, well, I definitely don't think that's going to be something that I'm interested right. in entertaining. Uh, I was like, you can tell me all of your precautionary tales and whatever and mm. woes and your concerns. And that my placenta is going to mysteriously just stop working mm. at some expiry date, which makes zero fucking sense to me. Um, I was like, sure, you can tell me all of that. But no, yeah. just no, thank you. And then I would leave. Because I'm like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Are you going to fucking strap me down? Yeah. Like, no. You could say, and this is the, this is something that's really important to understand. At no point, at no point in your pregnancy or your birthing process can anybody force anything on you. You always have a right to say no. Even if it doesn't feel like it, you always have a right to say no. So there is no, I had to get a C-section. There is no, I had to do this. No, no, no. They made you feel like you had to. And you made the choice to. And that's fine. That's cool. There's no shame in that. It doesn't matter. You did what you needed to do or felt that you needed to do in that moment. But at no point can anybody force you to do anything. Thank you for saying that. I think that's a really powerful thing to say. Yeah. It's important for people but they make, to hear that. They make you feel like you do. It's so true. Right? I mean, I, I didn't have... I don't have any pre-existing medical history... Um, I'm a pretty boring person when it comes to health. <laughs> and... Um, I still felt uh, like I wasn't in control of my body and they uh-huh. were making all the choices for me and making it seem like this was a very, very difficult procedure mm-hmm. and oh. yeah. Oh, you should have fucking seen them when I said no to the fucking glucose test. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what happened then? Oh, Jesus. They I like, fucking hate they that They had test. like, don't do it then. I know. Well, I don't remember going to have to do it again, but really? yeah. <laughs> but really, like, yeah. it's, and also it's, if we're dumping a shit ton of sugar, yeah, our blood sugars are going to spike. Yeah, it makes you feel nauseous. Like, it doesn't even make... I don't even understand. Like, it doesn't make sense to me. Um, and you can you can get inaccurate tests all the time. Like, I can do that test and, and get told that I have gestational diabetes and not actually have it. And I can also do that test and not get told and then still end up with gestational yeah. diabetes. Like, it doesn't... There's so much that's just system like this is what we do at this point in time and there's no room for like individualization mm-hmm. whatsoever we're looking at you as like a person mm-hmm. like it's it fucked anyway so i said no the first time i said no they almost fucking shit the bed there was a resident in with me <laughs> i think i put the fucking fear of god in that child 
So the resident like like went like white and was like, well, no, you have to. And I was like, actually, no, I don't. And I really don't feel like doing it. So no. Yeah. But no, you don't understand. Like if you have, I'm like, listen, I eat a low glycemic diet anyway at this point. Yeah. I'm a holistic nutritionist. I'm very mindful. Literally, what are you going to do if you t- if, if I end up having gestational diabetes to eat the way that I'm already eating? Mm. yeah there you go like what are you gonna what are you gonna do about it it doesn't even make sense yeah so he went out and he got his his uh, superior and then a third person came in which was like the head of the department finally because i got really upset i got really upset third person well he kind of came in to do damage control after them because i think it was the student at first and then it was the resident and then they had the head of the department come in because (sighs) the resident was being super unkind and i was like I think I started crying and I was like, no, like I'm not going to be bullied into doing this. Good for you. I don't, I was like, I do not want it. And I'm tired of justifying why I don't want it. (laughs) Honestly. While sobbing, like while sobbing, because I'm fucking pregnant as shit. So he came in finally and he was like respectful and kind. And he was like, listen, I'm sorry if you're feeling pressured. It's just our job to tell you like, why we strongly believe that you need to do this. Mm. Um, and these are the risk factors. So it's like, that's fine. Tell me, r- list off your rap sheet. Yep. And like, let me say no. I will sign whatever I have to sign and let yep. me go on my way. Yeah. And I was like, I shouldn't have to be feeling like I'm having a fight every time I walk in these doors. That's fucking right. For what I want with my fucking body and my birth mm-hmm. and my baby. Mm-hmm. Anyway, after that, they started treating me a little bit nicer. <laughs> so, <laughs> now I want to hear the story. Now I want to hear. Oh, man. I want to hear Fallon's story Fuck, it again. Was unreal. Because I love hearing it and it unreal. listening to you tell it oh is really god. powerful. And oh I can god. see. Oh my god. Oh my god. It's been a year, baby. Oh my god. I know. Oh my god. Yeah. Um, it's really funny, actually. So she's, man, she's stubborn. She's stubborn. <laughs> she's both, a little cancer. Both baby. of my kids are stubborn. They're stubborn though. Like they're both yeah. really stubborn in different ways. Um, but near the end, it's funny. We were really convinced that she was gonna come early. So Alexis came like right on her due date, which due dates are bullshit. But yeah. still, but still, because it's this is this is another one of the ways that they like control and manage women in pregnancy and birth with due dates my cycle can be completely different than your cycle which is going to affect my gestational age like it 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 doesn't Hmm. equate and your gestation a healthy normal gestation could be anywhere from like 36 to 43 weeks Mm -hmm. why are we inducing people at 38 weeks yeah what the fuck yeah i don't understand yeah um but it's just managing. It's managing and getting people out the door. And mm, it's, in and out. it's it's ridiculous. So I was convinced she was going to come early because Alexis came like right, right smack on her due date. Which is funny because the entire time I was like, dude, it's a bullshit. And then I was like, fuck, of course you would come right on your due date. Just like, fuck you, mom, are they? It's like, god damn, that's true to your personality. Because she's very like... She's very particular. She's a very particular child. Like, if you tell her one thing. So the first time, I think, we called it a coat. And then somebody called her her coat a jacket. And she yelled at them and corrected them. Like, this happens on the regular. This is just the kind of child she is. So I think she heard somebody said that she was supposed to come on that day. And she sure as shit came on that day. 
So because of that and where it was my second, we were like, oh, well, it's definitely going to be earlier. No. No, it wasn't. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to this episode. Remember to tune in next week for part two of Lindsay's birth story, where she recounts the day from beginning to end. You do not want to miss this. But in the meantime, Lindsay and I have a little favor to ask if you guys have a second to spare. Voting has begun for nominations in Halifax's Best of Awards. These are awards in our community that really showcase a lot of great people in our community and help spread the word about what certain people and businesses are doing. So we would be hella grateful if you showed us some love and support by voting for us. It's super easy to do. You go to www.bestofhalifax.com and click on news and media and there you'll find the best podcast category and you can enter in momgasm. This will help us immensely to spread the word about momgasm and reach more mothers and women who are looking for a community of badass bitches just like yourself. But um, thank you for tuning in. If you're not already following us on social media, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, pretty much everywhere at uh, Momgasm Podcast. And for those of you craving more of what we're offering, you can join our free and private Facebook community where we get down and dirty. It's called the Momgasm Den. And we do live videos. We have super open conversations with our listeners. And we just, we just get freaky. But if that isn't enough for you and you're like, no, I need more of Momgasm. I need more of Sarah and Lindsay in my life. Well, guess what, babe? You can fucking meet us at our first, our first weekend retreat coming up in September. The retreat is called Unleash Your Sensual Self. The weekend will be filled with yoga, art, and self-discovery workshops designed to get you reconnected to your power, more like your pussy power, collaborating with a like-minded community, connected to your sensuality, and living more authentically. We will be diving deep into our pleasure and power centers, helping you turn up the confidence, turn down that fucking negative talk, and create your most aligned and turned on self yet. We only have a few spots left, so hurry up. (laughs) And if you want to know more, you can find out uh, on our Facebook page, Momgasm Podcast, and there the event is linked, and all the details are in the page, so check it out until then we'll see you next week